0: how's it going everyone welcome back to the seventh episode of critically incorrect and most importantly the first episode of 2021 we have a really cool episode today and yeah today i'm joined by charlie and justin if you both wanted to say hi real quick
1: hello hey what's up
0: yeah so as this is the first episode of 2021 we figured we kind of do a look back at this year and a look forward at the same time so yeah it's gonna be a really cool episode talking about kind of the games we adored this year into different categories as well as just looking ahead of what's to come in this Um, hopefully better years so yeah with that first being said i do want to first ask for questions for next week's episode if you have any real quick here uh, make sure to let us know hopefully as january starts to play out um, we'll have some more news stories to talk about and you know this year we'll start to pick up its speed Uh, but besides that yeah if you have any topics in particular you want asked um, yeah or answered on the question or on the podcast just ask away and with that being said We haven't had an episode in two weeks, so I want to know what you both have been playing for the last two weeks, especially since it's been on holiday, so... I guess, Justin, it's been three weeks for you, so if you wanted to start off with what you've been playing. Sure, sure.
2: Um, Okay, so since the last... Yeah, so it's been, what, three weeks since I've been on the podcast, so I guess I should start off with uh, the fact that I bought a Nintendo Switch Lite, so that was pretty good. Um, And then I got a few games for that, so I've been playing... Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, a bit of that. I'm I'm pretty like still really early into that game. It's just because like I bought a, the Switch Lite mainly for like gaming on the go, obviously. So I don't really use the Switch Lite whenever I'm at home because I'll just be playing on my either PC or PS5. Um, so I I basically take the Switch Lite to work or if I'm just traveling. Um, and I've been playing, yeah, some Super Mario Odyssey. I've got like a few hours in that game and also I got Mortal Kombat 11 so I've been playing the story for that game um I am impressed how like the graphics are still like pretty good on a handheld so I'm just like glad to see that um you know the graphics are still good there uh <laughs> although like what like I do notice like especially for Mortal Kombat 11 like once it hops into gameplay from the cutscene the graphics like do take a hit but it is expected um But yeah, overall I'm enjoying the Switch Lite, it's pretty good. Uh, And then, other than that, I've been playing... A bit more Call of Duty with friends, which is, you know, just the regular. It's like every... I don't know. It's like a once a week type of thing. Just, uh, you know, hop on for like an hour or two. Get a few multiplayer matches going. Um, They had like the Season 1 update or whatever, so... uh, I've been playing some of the new game modes, like Prop Hunt, which which was really funny at the beginning. you know basically where you just like disguise as a prop and then the other team has to hunt you down um got quite a few interesting matches there so that's pretty good uh, i also got sackboy a big adventure uh i was basically waiting for the online co-op to come so uh once that happened i played that with uh one of my friends from uh, friends from home and uh yeah it's been fun um i don't know probably like probably like around 6 or 7 hours in uh and like around I think, like, halfway through the game or around there. Uh, it's just been good to play the... Uh, there's, like, special co-op levels designed for Sackboy, right? So, um, yeah, those are those are fun to tackle, because, you know, we just got the voice chat going, and then uh, sometimes, like, we'll, like, troll each other and, like, try and throw each other off the map and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, overall, Sackboy's been pretty fun. Uh, and what else? A bit of cyberpunky in there. Uh, the game hasn't, like, interested me, like, a super amount. I really haven't played, like, gotten too, too far into the game. Um, kind of putting it on hold for now. Just, like, maybe, like, for a few more weeks. Um. But, yeah, I definitely do want to return to Cyberpunk, uh, very soon. Because, uh, yeah, like, the game, like, the game, I'm still, I'm still, like, excited to see where the story goes and everything. Uh, it's just that, like, I reach this one part in the story where, um there was like a mission where you need like fifteen thousand uh fifteen thousand dollars or whatever to like to, oh, to yeah. proceed in the, the story and i was just like and i brought mm-hmm. I only had like two thousand i was like bro fuck <laughs> this i'm not doing this right now so yeah i haven't <laughs> i haven't played cyberpunk in like two weeks probably um and yeah other than that uh just, just uh i gotta go with my guilty pleasure game nhl <laughs> uh yeah, that, that that game, I don't know. I just return to that game every once in a while. Just because, it's, yeah, as I said, it's like a guilty pleasure game of mine. Um, it's just like mindless fun for me. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing.
0: Right on. Sounds like a lot. That's cool. Uh, are you playing Breath of the Wild or no?
2: Not yet. I'm going to wait for that one. Uh, I want to beat yeah the uh, Mario Odyssey and and uh, Mortal Kombat before I do. Gotcha. Uh, after <coughs> Odyssey, Wild, I definitely recommend yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I I bought it, though, so... Oh, nice, nice! Yeah, I have cool. it, I have it. Yeah. All right, Charlie. What have you been playing?
1: Um, I mean, over the Christmas break, I've I've played a lot. Um, mainly though, it has been Cyberpunk. Uh, I did one of the endings today, so I've I've gone through the main story and quite a few of the side missions. I haven't got that much left on the map. Um, according to Steam, I'm like sixty-two hours in, so I've played it's <laughs> played quite a bit. I I did really enjoy it. Um, It is just a shame how buggy it is, because I have noticed way more since getting further in the story, which is a shame. Um, But hopefully once that's all lined out, it'll be really good. Um, And I've actually been diving back into VR quite a bit recently. Um, I did get and try out the Medal of Honor VR game, but I did end up refunding it just because it is not very good. Um, So I didn't play a ton of that. And then was diving back into Boneworks, because that had its big 1.6 update, which is really good. Um, Still absolutely love that game. Um, And then just a few multiplayer things here and there, so League of Legends I've been getting back into with a few mates, Um, playing that quite a bit, and a bit of Fall Guys, Um, Oh yeah. but yeah, Um, that's about it really. Mainly Cyberpunk. (laughs) Right on, right on.
0: Um, Since our last episode. I uh, just want to quickly add here, I still have not played Ghost of Shima, so still representing <laughs> that act too. Um, let's see, it's honestly just been mainly Cyberpunk. I'm like 50 hours in now, that's been mainly my game of interest, I'm absolutely loving that game so far. Uh, i really liking it, and been down that rabbit hole. I uh, have played a bit of Apex yesterday, I got back into that on PC since... Uh, I have a friend of mine that's on console, so they added cross-play in the last, last few months here so. Tried that out. Probably going to go back into that a bit more today as well. Trying to think of anything else. Honestly, it's mainly just been Cyberpunk. I haven't been playing too many games in general over this past break just because I have had other interests of mine. I've been trying to focus more time new lately, um, but besides that, it's been all down into Cyberpunk, and no regrets. That game is great, so... Hopefully, I'll be able to beat that soon enough. It is quite a long game. Um, I'm trying to do all the side, you know, missions before I do finish up that game, um, just so I don't have to do the endless amount of side quests that I normally do after an open world game, um, after the main story. So, yeah, been playing that. Uh, besides that, I don't think I've been playing anything else really. I played like the first maybe ten minutes of Black Mesa just for the tram ride. But yeah, besides that, it's all been Cyberpunk. And yeah, I guess with that out of the way, we're going to talk about our favorite games of this year. We kind of have certain categories. We might have like a loose conversation afterwards just talking about games that, you know, maybe didn't make one of these categories, but we still want to give recognition to this year. Um, The first category we do have is for Best Art Direction. Um, I guess we'll all go over kind of like our picks for Best Art Direction. So um, I guess, Justin, you can start with your pick for Best Art Direction.
2: All right. So, for art direction, uh, I decided to pick Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Basically, yeah, I don't know. I thought, this was like, I don't know, yeah, I thought, um, so basically, I guess, um, Ghost of Tsushima, I mean, like, you can compare Ghost of Tsushima, like, with uh, many of the Assassin's Creed games, right? But, like, uh, one of the settings that I've always wanted to see in Assassin's Creed was, like, something kind of, like, maybe like, in Asia, like, you know, Japan, China, something like that, and we haven't really seen that before, um, so, you know, when Ghost of Tsushima got announced, I was like, hell yeah, this is, like, uh, totally what I want, uh, samurai game in Japan, um, and I just think, like, yeah, just the whole world of Tsushima, um, all the different environments, you know, there's, like, um, you know, there's, like, snowy areas, the, and then the areas where, um, like, y- I don't know how, how do I describe it. Like the, you know how there's like forests that are all like yellow, right? I guess or like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I just, I just love the huge variety and different, uh, uh, different uh, environments and all the colors and scenery. Um, I just think like the whole art style and everything. I just, I just love Ghost of Tsushima for that aspect. So, um, for art direction, I, I didn't really struggle too much with that pick. I thought Ghost right of Tsushima was, uh, you know, great
1: for that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely up there in my uh, list of best of direction this year for me, for sure. What about you, Charlie? What'd you pick?
1: Uh, I ended up going with Hades in the end. Um, I actually haven't... It's only recently I I started playing that game a few weeks back. Um, But visually, it's just so nice to look at. Uh, Just all the designs of the characters, the environments you go in, the effects. It's it's such a good-looking game. Um, I mean, all their games are... Um, like, uh, what was the the first one they did? Transit or not the first one, but Transistor was great. Like that visually looks amazing. Um, so yeah, Hades is is a great game overall, but yeah, it looks really good. So that won it for me. Right on. I was pick. I was like looking at,
0: you know, best road direction. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pick this one just because it does stand out to me. And I had kind of like a roller coaster of first kind of like being very uh skeptical about this art direction for this game and then ended up loving it and i put crash 4 here crash mm. 4 has a really cool art direction in my opinion that just stands out um especially when you compare every single crash game up until now um especially considering the remake was all about you know kind of being furry this one's more kind of like a toy plasticky kind of um vibe to it yeah crash 4 had a really good art style um, definitely really like that and I honestly wouldn't mind if Crash going forward kind of carried it. Like, I kind of liked it that much where um, kind of gave, like, new life to him in a way. So, yeah, I like Crash 4 a lot, so I gave it to that. And I figured you guys would talk about Final Fantasy at least. Or not Final Fantasy, uh, Ghost, sorry. <laughs> um, actually, Final Fantasy was my runner-up just because that game also looks really beautiful. And I remember going through that game just constantly in awe. Uh, so, yeah, those two, but mainly Crash 4 just because it's so unique and ultimately, um, kind of like, took a already established IP and kind of gave it a new life with that. So, yeah, um, our next category is Best Music. I guess we'll just go around the table again. So, Justin, you wanted to start.
2: All right. So, unlike you guys, I haven't uh, played any of the big heavy hitters with uh, the great music scores like Final Fantasy and Doom Eternal or whatever. So, um, my choices are kind of limited. But, uh, I decided to pick one that, I don't know, like, I was looking at the Game Award nominees, you know, for the Game Awards, and I was just like, man, uh, the only (laughs) the only game that I played there was like Last of Us Two, and I'm like, man, I don't like, I feel like that game had such a, like I I don't know that like the first the first the first game soundtrack was so uh, memorable, right? And I feel like the second one just wasn't at all like wasn't even close to that. Like I only remember like two or three tracks from that game, so I don't know. Definitely not that game. Um, In the end, I decided to pick uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, just because I was thinking about, like, the games I had the most fun with this year, and I was thinking about how, like, um, I guess, like, video game scores and music really ties into that gameplay, right? And I just remember, like, like, when I'm playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, the combat is so fun, and the mix with the new, like, uh, the new music with the uh, hip-hop beats, and it just tied in so well with, like, Miles' story as well, And, like, just the combos and everything that I would, like, you would do in Spider-Man, uh, mix up with the music, it was just like, I just think it's, like, super fun. Uh, and yeah, so, I don't know, I picked Spider-Man for that.
0: It's a good pick, honestly, I didn't really think about that too much, so that was a good pick. Uh, yeah, I definitely see where you're going there. That was a great soundtrack. What about you, Charlie?
1: Um, I ended up going with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, we actually talked about this when we watched Game Awards, I think me and Justin both said that it kind of like should have been at least nominated because it does have yeah. a really good score. Um, I don't know. There's just so many tracks in that game that stick out to me, and I love so much. Um, I actually have some of them on a playlist when I'm doing work because they're just really like relaxing, um, and it just it just fits the mood of the game so well. And just even like the ambient music in that game is is so like beautiful um so yeah that's why i went with that one nice nice um best music i went
0: with final fantasy 7 remake this honestly might have been the toughest category for me literally just because i love so many of the soundtracks this year like um honestly I think it was a tie between this cyberpunk, as well as to a certain degree, Half-Life: Alex. There's not like too many, you know, soundtracks in Half-Life: Alyx, but a lot of the ones that are there are super good, um, and worth listening to. So it's been a good year for, you know, gaming music for sure. But I went with Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, just everywhere from the battle theme to the bombing mission theme to Hollow. So many good, um, just scores in that game, and oh my god, dude! Like just thinking about it right now. I had a blast editing my review for it, because I was just going through all the music in that game, and so good, so good. Especially considering, you know, they're kind of remastered or, like, different versions of the PlayStation 1 original, so I went with Final Fantasy VII Remake there. Uh, We decided to go into a... Different category that pretty much recognizes best underrated games. A lot of times, the same kind of games get nominated every year for like a lot of categories, so we had a category here for best underrated game, in particular to talk about game, a game that isn't talked about enough in our opinion. So, yeah, we're all going to give our best underrated game now that we thought uh, 2020 gave. Justin, what was your biggest underrated game of
2: 2020? All right, so, I mean, I don't, I don't actually think this game got, was like nominated for anything. I just I just think I mean, I think it was cuz it, it came out like really late in the year. So, but yeah, anyways, the game I picked was Sackboy just because um like right now or I think like with all the uh PlayStation launch titles, which was which was great. The PS5 had a great launch um if you look at just like comparing to the uh, the previous PlayStation consoles, I think this is like the strongest launch that we've had. You know, we got Spider-Man, Demon Souls. Uh, Which I still have to play, Uh, (laughs) but uh, and Sackboy. We had uh, Astro's Playroom was a great game that came with the PS5. So I think like all those other launch titles get talked about a lot, you know. Uh, And Sackboy hasn't really been talked about too much. Uh, Even like if you like talk about platformers, like everyone will be talking about like Astro's Playroom, and like there hasn't been too much talk about Sackboy. I think the game is like super fun, especially if you're playing with friends as i mentioned before like earlier in the podcast i just think so, yeah sackboy is like such a fun to play um yeah and and once once again like with now that there's online co-op it's just like um i think that game's really underrated and uh people definitely need to play that game
0: i wonder how the conversation would a uh took a turn if it had online co-op day one because i know so many people that were planning on playing that yeah yeah definitely day one, it one day if one. it had online co-op definitely got it day one so i feel like that update like sure it has it now but people kind of moved on or at least yeah
2: i know i was like because i was just looking up like uh, some statistics for it right and it's like i know um a lot a lot of the people that like played it or whatever like they didn't like even make it to the end i'm assuming for the- those are like a lot of people that just played it solo or whatever, or, like, at the beginning when online co-op wasn't there, you know? So, yeah, that's I don't know, it kind of sucks to see, but, yeah, like, if you, like, online co-op's out now, so, like, if you have the game or if you're unsure, like, definitely get it. It's a lot of fun to play with friends.
0: I definitely think it's worth picking it up, especially considering the PS5 lineup isn't exactly that mature right now. Um, I will say that... Um, yeah you're most likely right in the fact that astro probably being free and also at launch as well probably took the thunder um in spotlight for that so yeah it's a shame definitely go play astro or go play sackboy rather um i need to go back and finish that a bit but yeah that's Mm. a good pick honestly what about you charlie
1: um i see i've really struggled here i've got two that i just can't choose between so i'm just going to say both um so they are star wars squadrons and Black Mesa which Brandon brought up um, earlier. So Star Wars Squadrons is a really, really good game and I think flew under most people's radars purely because the kind of history behind the game didn't sound that great. Like it had been in development for like less than a year um, and it was just gonna be this cheap-ish EA Star Wars game that a lot of people thought would be filled with microtransactions. in reality it's a really good flight sim Star Wars game uh, with a pretty decent campaign that's not too short, um, it's also fully playable in VR which I think is great, and it's got cross-play between VR, non-VR, and all platforms. Um, it's just it's a really good game um, so hopefully more people will go out and buy it, especially because they, they've added like free stuff when they weren't planning to because it did quite well. Um, but I don't hear anyone talk about it. So, um, yeah. and then the other one, Black Mesa, uh, is like a full-on fan remake of Half Life One that has been in development for, I want to say like ten years. I, th- I think it's like just over ten years now, um, and it finally fully released this year. And it's such a faithful remake of Half Life One, and in a lot of ways, is a lot better to play now than Half Life One is. Like it uses all. The half-life 2 mechanics and just puts them in to the half-life 1 setting and it works so well uh it's it's a really good remake and more people should go and play it plus you can run it on like any pc ever because it's on source engine so everyone should go and and buy black Mesa because it's so good
0: i will also mention right now it is on sale given the steam yeah winter sale so if you're watching this episode within the first three days go check it out definitely um I played Half-Life One early this year in preparation for Alex, so I definitely wanted to wait a bit. But I'm at a point now where I do want to revisit that game, and especially since Black Mesa is a bit different from Half-Life One, um, I could already tell based on like the introduction of that in you know, a tram ride. Um, I'm definitely gonna go and play that game here soon. So, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that game. Um, for mine, I did take an interesting uh, direction here as well. I kind of I had to put this game just because. It's so impressive, and people don't talk about it enough. And it's also because the kind of game it is, it's hard to get the recognition it deserves. And that's Dreams. Dreams is ultimately, essentially, it's essentially like a game engine, really, on PlayStation 4 and now PS5. Like, the amount of content and different experiences you can make in that game is insane. Like, Anyone that hasn't picked up Dreams, I definitely do recommend it. Media, Molecule, like, they're in a kind of shitty situation in the fact that they essentially made a game engine, but it's hard to market it because how the hell do you market that, you know? It's really easy to pick up and learn the tools. Like, it's not terribly difficult. There's a big community on Reddit and everywhere else that, you know, people... Gather online, like I'm sure you could find groups online and Discords and all that. Um, they're really supportive. There's so many tutorials online. You can make music. You can make, you know, movies. Really, you can make ultra realistic looking games if you, you know, learn the tools good enough. It's just such a remarkable piece of tech that anyone can essentially create what they want. Um, Considering what they did with Little Planet on PS3, it's kind of crazy to see how big of a jump they made going into PS4. Um, Yeah, just the future of that game looks bright. I feel like if it does, you know, die, that will be because of Sony. I feel like Sony isn't giving it its proper due diligence. Like, if I was Sony, I honestly would have bundled it with every PS5. Like, kind of like Astro, where you get dreams with it and kind of push it in that kind of direction. Yeah, obviously... It's just kind of a shitty situation considering what that kind of game is. But definitely think it does deserve more eyes and attention towards that because it's been awesome. It's also in VR. Like, they added a free VR update. I checked it out. It's super impressive being able to play so much, you know, of that game's content online um, in VR now. So I definitely have um, had a lot of fun with that game, and I definitely think it deserves more attention than it has been getting this year. So don't forget about Dreams. Uh... That's all I'll say. Go check it out if you haven't played it yet. There's also a pretty cool campaign that kind of gets you introduced to the kind of experiences you can make in that game. So, yeah, big up dreams. Anyways, our next kind of category here is best game direction. Ultimately, this is essentially recognizing games that take an interesting direction um, that we want to kind of admire and respect and kind of recognize. So, um, yeah, once again, you know, Justin, uh, we'll start off with you. What did you pick for best game direction?
2: Alright, so for, uh, best game direction, I decided to go with, uh, The Last Us Part 2. Um, you guys know my opinion on The Last Us Part 2. Now, like, it definitely wasn't, like, my favorite game or anything like that. I definitely had my issues with it. Um, but when I think about that game, you know, I do, like... I do want to, like, respect, uh, the, you know, like, basically the whole direction that they went into. Because it just, like, it wasn't anything what I was expecting, you know, and I'm sure, like... If you, did, if you didn't see the leaks prior, obviously, you would have been surprised. Because it's just, like, completely nothing, like, the first game. In terms of, at least, like, the story, like, direction that it went into. Um, and even with the trailers and everything. I know, like, a lot of people uh, give, like, Naughty Dog flack or whatever for... Um, like, the trailers were, like, so deceiving of, like, what the actual game was, really. Um, but in the end, you know, like, the whole uh, direction with the... You know two aspect story um basically showing off how there's always like two two sides to any conflict i i really thought that was like a cool concept um and yeah like i just thought um you know they like there's definitely like some areas that could have uh improved on like you know when uh building up this entire story or everything uh like it didn't pan out exactly like the way i wanted to but i think like overall like i I do respect that they you know went they took such a big risk with the direction um so yeah, last was part two,
0: right on, definitely uh can see your point there. It's kind of crazy to think about what we thought the last was part two was at the beginning of this year and how yeah. we think about it now yeah I remember Especially, I
2: remember like yeah. I remember friend like i had I had a friend who like uh or he, like saw all the leaks before, and he was just telling me he was like, yeah, you're gonna be like so surprised. Um, and he was, like, telling me that the trailers are so, like, so not what the game's gonna be, and I'm like, bro, like, the trailers look fine, they just look like, like, you know, like a good, uh, representation of, like, a sequel to The Last of Us or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that was just, like, completely different, I was like, oh, what the hell?
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go with mine. Uh i was not sure what to go with i ended up changing it like last minute um so i've gone with astro's playroom um cool. i know it's it's kind of a weird one because it's not like a full game obviously it's bundled with every ps5 uh, but i think it does so many cool and interesting things with the controller specifically that show what can be done with the tech um i also think it's just a really really good platformer um so i i I do hope and I'm I'm almost certain that we'll get like a full-on Astro game that is probably non-VR um just because so many people now know what Astro is and probably want more so yeah I I hope we get more from it because it is it's a really good game I think they did a great job with it um yeah that's about it really. Astro
0: is Astro is probably the most consistent series on PlayStation like each, yeah. well, I mean, there's two games now, but, like, oh, well, as if as you well, count, like, that VR, if player you count the VR. VR, yeah, that was also, yeah, so if you count the player in VR where it had, the like, original level that kind of pitched Astro, um, what was it, Rescue Mission for PSVR, that was super good that the fan reception for that kind of manifested ultimately what was Astro's uh, Rescue Mission. And then everyone that was into PSVR loved Astro's Rescue Mission. It's essentially, people call it the Mario 64 VR. Like, it's really good. It's honestly, if you liked Astro's Playroom at all, and you have, like, it's hard to recommend buying a PSVR headset right now because I feel like PSVR 2 is on the cusp next year, or um, just sometime in the next few years. Um, But if you are in some kind of position to pick up a PSVR at all, or if you have one and you somehow don't have Rescue Mission, pick it up. Ultimately, it's just, it's if the Astro sold the Dual Sense and is the best example for that. It's literally the same thing, but for PSVR. So definitely recommend that. I actually almost put Astro's Rescue or Astro's uh, Player or what is it? Astro's Player, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost put that on best underrated game, um, but ultimately decided not to. But I'm glad you guys are recognizing it here. So yeah, definitely can't wait for the VR sequel and. Yeah, just, oh, there's so much good stuff in that game. Like, me and Charlie have been doing the time trials on that back at launch. That was a blast, and it's just so good. So, for Best Game Direction, I ultimately went with Half-Life Alyx. I wanted to recognize this game somewhere in here, and I felt like Best Game Direction kind of represented that the best. Ultimately, I'm trying to think of like one particular thing about Half-Life Alyx that I adored, but it's just kind of the fundamentals of VR that Valve kind of not necessarily solved, but had a solution for in a way that I haven't really seen yet in VR. Obviously VR being a very early um, kind of form of gaming right now, you know, devs are still learning. And constantly one of the most annoying things that can pull you out of immersion is constantly having to walk around in your play space and like lean down, pick up something, and bumping into like other furniture in your house, right? Because you're walking around um, obviously your actual real living space here, so that just tends to happen in VR currently. But with the Alex gloves in VR, it just was the most fluid experience I had playing a VR game and the fact that you could like literally see an object and pull it to you and you could stand still literally if you wanted to. Um, There's so many different things about that game that made it feel like a full on game. Obviously it's length was, you know, that of a normal, you know, single player Half-Life game as well as just like the little things in that game um just all add up the story was super good just it's the best representation of vr right now that is possible so definitely want to respect and kind of recognize half-life alex in that way so that was definitely a no-brainer for me so yeah half-life alex is my pick for best game direction and yeah we're on to our final two categories here, best story in game of the year. So we're gonna go into best story here. Uh, best story ultimately obviously is just the best narrative that we found currently in gaming this year that we want to recognize. And I guess we'll go into a different order this time, so I'll probably start with Charlie.
1: Okay. Right. Um so I have a very what I would assume is gonna be controversial pick. Um I went with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um I think that it is one of the best I mean it is the best story I've played this year. It's very simple, but it's written to a point where you care so much about the characters you meet. And I think once you, you start exploring like the side missions, like the stories of River Ward and um, and Pan Am and, and things like that, like it's it's just so good. Like I I got to the final mission today and there's stuff that happens in the one that I chose it's kind of like, it hits hard, and when a game is able to do that, you know they've done something right. Um, and for me, the story is just, it, it's really good. I need to play the the other endings, because I don't know how different they are. From what I can tell, they are wildly different. Um, and so I, I really, I'm, I'm excited for expansions at this point. I, I kind of just want more, because um, I, I really hope they continue the story. Um, from some of the different endings and stuff, because some of them do set up other things. So, yeah. It's it's a weird one, but I did- I really liked it. I think there are problems with the game, but the story is not one of them, and it's a shame that it came out the way it did, because I feel like if this had come out a year later, or, you know, six months later, something like that, like, people would have been all over the game. so hopefully it gets more recognition in the future because it is really good
0: i have a feeling that in the next year like i don't think there will be like a certain time where everyone realizes how good cyberpunk is but i feel like a lot of people that are hating on the game now that you know for good reasons especially if you're on console because the game is really unplayable especially if you're playing on ps4 and xbox one yeah Um, it's getting better slowly by each patch, but I feel like a lot of people are gonna come to realize that this game is really good once eventually they do play it in a better condition that the game is currently in right now, so. Yeah, I honestly do agree with you. The story in Cyberpunk is so good. Um, I would say less the story, but more the characters, like you said. Kind of just, you care about each character there are, um, in, like, these different factions and around Night City. Night City feels so lived in. Like, it's kinda crazy. I think this is probably the open-world game where... Um, essentially, I feel, feels real since, you know, Red Dead 2, so, yeah, it's kind of crazy, so, good pick there. Um, Justin, what about you? Best story. Alright, uh,
2: best story, um, man, I just decided to go with The Last of Us 2, to be honest, because, uh, I don't know, all the other games I played this year, like, I didn't really, or like, I guess the focus for me uh, of like enjoying the all the other games I I played this year wasn't because of the story really like the the, the other games I played enjoyed uh, were probably more for the gameplay so um, yeah I was just looking at all the games I played this year and in the end I had to go with The Last of Us 2 even though like it wasn't really the story I wanted to see you know like I definitely I think like I guess my vision originally you know like before the game came out or what I, what I expected uh it was just so different that I, I ended up like not liking it that much at first. But I've definitely come around from it a bit more. Um you know, I respect it a lot more now. I I can see what they're trying to do. Um and once again, yeah, just the whole like I think like they set out to basically like um tell all these different like themes, you know, in the story um the theme of like you know how there's always like two sides to every conflict because conflict always conflict happens everywhere right and there's always like two sides to every story um like you know both sides always think they're in the right and um while i don't think like uh like i don't think how do i how do i say this like i don't think they um uh, this like it came into fruition as like as best as it could have i think like it definitely could have improved in that area. Uh, I think like the concept of it was was pretty good. So, yeah, best story I went with Last of Us.
0: Same here. Yeah, I put best story as well as for Last of Us Part Two. Ultimately, I was like looking at all the games that came out this year, and Last of Us Part Two stood out to me for obvious reasons. It's essentially the one game this year that I played through pretty quickly within like two days. I beat the game less than that and ultimately it was because I wanted to see what was going to happen with Joel and Ellie and, you know, the continuation of one of my favorite games of all time, really. Um, I think it has some of the best narrative themes this year, for sure. Um, It's kind of interesting. My thoughts on this game have changed over time as the months have kind of passed by. It's funny because lately I have been playing games where revenge has been kind of like a theme or just watched a show where revenge is kind of like a theme, right? And ultimately I find myself, like, Agreeing to that theme right when it's about stuff. I don't really care too much about like I'm just like yo If you're going out for revenge, this is stupid, right? Like you're just gonna get yourself killed in the long run um, But then when it happens, you know in of Us part two with characters that like are some of my favorite characters in any media Then I'm kind of like in Ellie's shoes right where I'm like, yeah, well, let's kill Abby, right? Um, so I've kind of find it interesting like my thoughts ultimately keep changing as time moves on but That just speaks to the game's story ultimately I think so yeah, I definitely went with Last of Part 2 as well. And to me, that's like a no-brainer. So, yeah. Anyways, we are on to the biggest and ultimately the ultimate, you know, award here. Best game of 2020. The ultimately, I you know this doesn't need any introduction. It's our personal favorite game this year. So, yeah. Charlie, I'll let you start again. What was your favorite game of 2020?
1: Um, So I feel like this is going to be, you know, kind of... Everyone saw it coming, but it's Half Life Alex. Um, I didn't want to give it an award in anything else because there's so many great games I played this year, but overall, it's just to me, it's a perfect game. There's not really much else you could do to it to make it better. It's a really good story. The gameplay is fantastic. The audio design is great. Just the visuals, everything about it is just so good. Um, and to be honest, I like, I've started replaying it again for a, a third time now. Um, I think it's probably my favorite Half-Life game. I'm, like, I'm not 100% certain. But, like, it's just got so many memorable parts. And I think, overall, it's the strongest story. Like, Half-Life always, has always had an intriguing plot. But nothing is really told throughout the games it's all very hidden away and very secretive and i feel like they do a much better job of having a cohesive narrative in half-life alex um, and then obviously it being one of the best vr games and it, it puts a lot of other games to shame i think half-life alex and boneworks are probably the two best vr games you can play right now they do such a good job with The medium and how they use the controllers and the feedback you get from like picking up objects and interacting with the world uh it's overall it's just such a phenomenal game Um, and i really hope that in the future more people get to play it as vr evolves and becomes easier to use and and cheaper and all these kinds of things so i really recommend if if people have the opportunity to play the game because it's it's really really good yeah
0: ultimately uh great pick Great pick, yeah. Not much to really say that you haven't hit on. Yeah. yeah just Half-Life Alex is phenomenal. Go play it if you haven't played it yet. Um, if you have the means to play it, that is, obviously. Um, and I can imagine only over time that will just grow and grow. So, yeah, just great pick all around. Half-Life Alex definitely. It's kind of crazy that it was a VR game and it managed to do that, so I think that speaks wonders about that game. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, Justin, what was your game of the year?
2: Game of the year...
0: Uh, my game of the year is
2: Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I just think that was the game I played this year that I had the most fun with. Um, I-, I guess if you like, definitely like the game doesn't do anything like, like you know, it doesn't do anything new because at its core, it really is just like a glorified Ubisoft open world game. Um, you know, it has all the uh, repetitive like open world content. So apart from that, like after I beat the main story. You know, like, the rest was really a grind, and I definitely kind of, like, left a sour aftertaste in my mouth. Just because, like, it was just, like, I don't know, like, what, 20 hours of the same thing, like, over and over again, just to get the Platinum Trophy. Um, but, yeah, like, my initial experience with the, the story, um, and then, you know, obviously I would do, like, some side content in between of this main story. Um, and, you know, just... Because I, I don't know, like, I actually enjoyed doing... Um, a lot of the side content in between the game in in between the main story you know like just i would take down uh like the uh the main towers and then um what was it like raid those uh i don't know what they're called and i don't i'm not sure what they're called i forgot what they're called but yeah uh basically just upgrading uh Jin and uh making him uh you know have more abilities and stuff like that um Yeah, I just had a super fun time with the gameplay. I remember the first time you unlock, like, that triple dash or whatever, like, the triple attack thing. Like, that was so sick. Mm, Yeah. I I was just like, like, at that point, you had, like, the kunai's already, so I'd just be, like, tossing those, like, pulling out the bow, and then the triple combo, like, I was like, holy shit, this is so fun. Um, yeah, just had a blast with Ghost of Tsushima.
0: All right, uh, this one's gonna be a bit controversial, um i'll explain my reasoning and thought process as i go on i'll just say the name of the game right now game of the year right now is cyberpunk 2077 which is kind of crazy because i did not expect that at all considering i was the clown on witcher 3 right honestly like i guess i'll speak on the genre more than anything open world games get really shit on and that's because they're not done properly in a lot of ways um for me it comes down to like rewarding the player and their time investments. A lot of games you just kinda check like check off checkboxes like there are some games that do it better than others, like I'm thinking I played a bit of Immortals Phoenix Rising, that game's been getting praised, like that game's still good, right? It's like not as bad, but ultimately it's still the same thing, you check off things, get repetitive and ultimately I just feel like I don't know, I'm just playing something mindless and knocking off the same kinda task just across the map, right? Cyberpunk is, as I said, just an excellent example of an open world game, especially considering um, since Red Dead Redemption 2, which is crazy. Like, yeah, this genre that constantly, like, you hear open world and immediately you might be like, uh. But, like, Red Dead 2 and Cyberpunk are, like, some of my favorite games this generation. That's because they take open world, but they make it worthwhile exploring. The characters in the game are some of the best characters I honestly think this generation has had. Um,. That's not something to say lightly considering this generation has had a lot of good characters and stories. I haven't finished the game and that's why I was thinking, should I put this? But I'm at a point where I played 50 hours and I don't think even if the story ended in like a fizzle that it would still really change anything because my reason for it being Game of the Year doesn't rely on the characters solely. It doesn't rely on the gameplay solely or, you know, the choices that you make. It's just kind of the culmination of a lot of things. This game isn't perfect by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. Obviously, considering the bugs as well as certain aspects of this game, like the crafting, I don't even use, like, there definitely needed to be a bit more time on this game. But for me personally, I think this is the best game that this year has had. Um, if you had, you know, if you were able to play it in like a good setting, obviously, um, the game isn't that in a good condition right now on consoles, which is a shame. They sh- it should have been delayed, but yeah, ultimately, it's kind of a surprise for me because. I didn't like Witcher 3 at all, but I'm loving Cyberpunk 2077, and it's honestly might be my favorite game since Red Dead 2, which is kind of crazy, so we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm loving the game so far, and it's ultimately, like, I'm just completely obsessed with it right now, so, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 kind of uh, surprised me as well. And it's been, it's been weird, like, this year, I feel like a game would come out and, like, I'd like that game like more than the other one, like Half-Life Alex, and, you know, last of us and now cyberpunk so yeah it's been a good year it's been a good year for sure and yeah anything else you guys wanted to add or any game that you want to recognize that might have not fit in any of these categories that was like a highlight for you
1: Um, at all i mean i will say i was contemplating putting cyberpunk as my game of the year it it -hmm. was it was close like i didn't think it would be um but as i was playing it i was like this is really good um i think if it wasn't as buggy and as unfinished as it is then it probably would have been and it would have just pipped half-life but because of the state it released in i just i couldn't do it um which is a real shame because that is like the only thing letting it down like everything else about it is really good um yeah exactly i just feel bad for the devs because you could you know they they clearly worked their asses off for it and uh it's crazy. It's it's sad to see that all their hard work kind of released in the state it did, um, especially on console. But yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. That's, like that's a shame that like um, like you guys have like this whole podcast. You guys have been saying how amazing the game is, except for the bugs, right? And I just think like in the long run, what will the game be rem- remembered for? Yeah, you know, that's like a big question. Um, y you, you know obviously like. The devs are working really hard right now to, you know, like, improve the experience, like, trying to iron out the the bugs, which is going to take some time, because, like, this game really just, like, it shouldn't have released in this state, like, especially for the last-gen consoles. And then, like, I know I, I know that, like, you know, the bugs even still happen for, like, so the higher-up hardware, which really sucks, but, yeah. I hope. In I terms hope of what I- it gets
0: remembered for, I feel like CD Projekt Red definitely will, you know kind of save it in a way like I think it's going to be a very different story by next year but the thing is our generation doesn't really care like our generation is one to find something meme it and then just keep memeing on it like this and last was part 2 it doesn't matter what kind of quality this game is right they're just going to meme on it because they will like that's just kind of what our generation kind of is at the moment in Mm. terms of it so yeah people will just be like haha now some 2012 game is still a mess XD. That's essentially pull what it's up, pull been up, up uh,
2: random glitch videos or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, it doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, I don't really care about validification. I, I play things I like, and ultimately, the more you kind of realize that and less, you know, stray away from needing, you know, awards or other people's opinions to validate your own, the more healthier I'm sure you'll find the internet to be. So, yeah, definitely will be interesting to see next year how this game is remembered um there are going to be like free dlc i know they don't they have like a website where they're saying like that free expansion coming or a free dlc starting spring yeah so they're going to be uh,
1: doing like a load of free dlc like they did for witcher um like early this year um and then they've already said that they are going to do like full paid expansions as well that uh, like expand the story and choices and that kind of thing uh but i would imagine that stuff has probably been delayed a little bit to make sure that the game is, is fully polished before they start announcing new content, because I feel like that would just create even more uproar. Um, but when that content does come, I'll I'll be there day one. So Same.
0: I actually wouldn't mind seeing what Cyberpunk Online could look like. Like, it needs a lot of work, especially considering the single-player game is broken right now for a lot of people. But, um, yeah, it definitely has potential. I've been like seeing kind of interesting ways they could do that. Um, so that will be interesting to see ultimately what CD Project Red, like, the next few years, look for them. So, yeah. Anyways, it being the first, you know, week of 2021, we're entering a new year full of new game releases. We figured we'd also look ahead at what's coming out. Um, so we all picked three games, essentially, um, that we're looking forward to the most this year. No particular order. We're just naming three games that we like. We'll just go one um, around, you know, per round. So I guess, Justin, we'll start off, like, pick one game that you're all looking right. forward to.
2: Yeah, just to reiterate what you just said before, like, I didn't want to just pick, uh, you know, I didn't just want to pick, like, the big AAA game that everyone's looking forward to, or else like, I would have just been, like, God of War number one, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I decided to go outside the box a bit, uh, pick some games that, like, you know, are a little under the radar, maybe. Uh, So, for the first game, I decided to go with It Takes Two from Hazelight Studios. Um, You know, this game, like, it was showed at, uh, the Game Awards recently, so, um, we got a new, you know, kind of, like, more insight about, like, what the, uh, gameplay was gonna be, um, and, yeah, once again, it's another co-op experience, uh, from Joseph Harris, and, uh, yeah, like, the story, uh, and the art style, like, doesn't look, uh, as exciting for me as A Way Out, because, like, you know, A Way Out, like, that, that, uh, storytelling, um, was, like, right up my alley, you know, um but yeah, once again, this is looking to be like another great co-op experience with a with a friend where you're going to have to communicate uh and yeah, basically like work together to complete all these objectives, you know. So um yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that game and it's already coming out in like 2 months, you know. So yeah, really soon.
0: That still amazes me like they're going to go they're going to go gold like next month. Isn't that insane considering how early it yeah. yeah. feels like a
1: way out just came out. That's insane uh charlie what about you um so yeah again i also tried to go with some that um people might not like be thinking about um so my first pick is gotham knights um which is the the new game from the guys who did batman arkham origins and it's kind of like a reboot of the the batman universe it's set in its own timeline with all different characters and the new art style and stuff um Overall I think it looks great. Um, I'm very excited about the story, especially Court of Owls and that Scott Snyder is involved because I'm a big fan of, of his run of the comics. Um, and also it's not like, it kind of at first looked like it might be live service, which thankfully it's not. It's a single player and, and um, co-op game just for two players, so that gives me a little bit more hope that it is going to be a more traditional game kind of open world game but it just looks really good um and i'm excited to see it Uh, i'm hoping it's coming out earlier in the year but they just said 2021 from what i remember so who knows when it's coming out but i can't wait to play it either way so
0: nice, nice both good really really good picks uh for my first one i decided to go with ratchet and clank rift apart um i've been a pretty big ratchet fan since i was a kid I really like it a lot, and ultimately, it's not just because it's Ratchet, it's also like one of the first big PS5 games that's actually like a new and exclusive PS5 game, Um, just everything we've seen so far looks really good, I'm looking forward to playing it, Uh, I feel like it's going to be a really good game, it's kind of crazy considering we just literally got Spider-Man from Insomniac, that they're coming out with yet another game here in the first half of You know, I presume 2021 here, since it said it's a launch title, or a launch window title. Um, I fully expect that game to come out probably, like, what, April? April, April-May seems right up its alley, so... Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. I figured I'd go with that one, give it some recognition. Um, Especially since it's, like, really close. I feel like it's also helping it for me, but, yeah, I went with that. What about you, Justin? Second pick?
2: Second pick. Alright, I decided to go with... uh, Hogwarts Legacy yeah uh so i've been like uh i guess i I would not like a super massive fan of harry potter growing up but like you know a a pretty big pretty big fan um yeah you know i read uh read all the books watched the movies so yeah i definitely like my harry potter um the game is obviously you know set like way before the movies it's in like the what was it late
1: 1800s it said i think i think something like that yeah
2: Yeah, so, like, yeah, it does take place before, so you won't be meeting, like, Harry Potter or anything like that, but, yeah, it's just, like, we only saw that brief, like, two-minute trailer, we haven't really seen, like, any proper gameplay yet, but I'm just excited to, you know, make my own character and and attend Hogwarts, Uh, do some, uh, you know, some cool spells and stuff, play some Quidditch, maybe, you know, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's looking, like, uh, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, once again, like, RPGs aren't my, you know, biggest... Uh, I don't love RPGs or anything like that. But, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about this one. It looks like a cool universe to be put into. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good pick. Forgot about that game, honestly.
2: Yeah, same. I don't, like... It looks it looks roughed a bit from the trailer we saw. Like, it looks a bit rough. And, I, like, I was quite surprised that it said 2021. But we'll see. I, I'm sure, like, they've definitely... Or, like, that might have been, like, alpha footage or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm mean, guessing it's...
0: that's going to come out in the fall and Gotham Knights might come out in, like, summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been in development yeah, a guess. while because I remember that leaked trailer from, like, what, January like 2018? Like, yeah. that was a while yeah, ago. A while yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, And it didn't look... I I actually went back and I watched that trailer. I was like, this footage doesn't look that different <laughs> from when it did, like, two years <laughs> ago. So what was going on yeah. at that time, you know? But maybe that was super early on and it was, like, a, a test footage or whatever for... You know getting yeah. funding and things so who knows that's
0: true it was late like years ago
1: yeah um nice. so i guess i'll go with my next one uh which mm-hmm. is the lord of the rings golem uh cool. which is a game that we haven't heard too much about it was announced i want to say beginning of 2020 or like late 2019 um it's meant to be like a more narrative driven like third person Uh, single-player game where you're playing as as Gollum, um, in between the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Uh, And it's also more set in the book universe rather than the films, which I'm really interested in because not much has been done with the the book universe in a long, long time. Um, So I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with it, especially because it is less of an action-focused Lord of the Rings game and we don't get much of that anymore. So, I'm I'm really excited to see more of what they're doing with it. Hopefully we see more soon, because I think we've only had, like, one real trailer and, like, a teaser before that, so we haven't really gotten a good look at it yet. But, yeah. Nice, nice.
0: Uh, let's see. I'll pick here. Resident Evil 8 Village. It's also kind of helping that this game is, I presume, coming out soon here. Uh... It's not going to be the normal time window where it's like early, you know, January, February, like I thought initially. But I still think this game probably comes out before June. I hope. I don't know. I just don't see Resident Evil coming out in the fall. But I could be wrong. Uh Village is an interesting one, coming from the fact that it's kind of like a spinoff of Seven story in a way. Like not a spinoff, it's canon. I think, but it's a very weird take on Resident Evil considering werewolves and all that. For me, honestly, it's weird because obviously I haven't played Resident Evil Seven. I just don't, haven't really cared, because that game's location doesn't really appeal to me. It just looks like paranormal activity shit, as well as its first-person. Even though Resident Evil 8 will be first-person, it was kind of, like, jarring for me. Um, but I think the thing that does it for me is the fact that we're kind of going back to semi-Resident Evil 4 locations, um, at least vibes that are similar to that. So, honestly, so far with what we looked at Resident Evil 8, it kind of looks like 4 but in a more winter setting like the village honestly looks really similar to what we had in um, Resi 4 but um, as I said in like a winter kind of style um, I think they even had the uh, merchant you know Woody Bine, you know that guy that's so infamous um, was at the very end of the last trailer we got so that really interests me as well so they're bringing back him uh, yeah I just really can't wait to play that game uh, especially considering I didn't really care it's weird for me because like Resident World 3 I still haven't even played because I played the demo, that one just looks really action-focused for me, and that's kind of like a turn-off. Um, but Resident Evil 8 looks like a return to form of what I've loved of both Resi 2 Remake and Evil 4, so, yeah. That's my second pick, I'm looking forward to that game. Guess we'll go back to Justin for your third and final pick. Alright, third pick.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll go with this one. Uh, Alright, so for my third one, I decided to go with Prince of Persia Sands of Time Remake. Um... Yeah, I think, like, this was a game that I always wanted to, or, like, the Prince of Persia games were all, always a series I wanted to get into, never really could. Um, and, yeah, I'm just excited to play this one coming out in, like, two months now, I think. It it was supposed to come out this month, but got delayed until March. Um, which is good, because when the game first got announced, man, like... <laughs> i know a lot of people were hating on the graphics yeah like it, looked pretty uh, it just like looked like a looked like a ps3 game or whatever um they're like yeah we need a remake of this game <laughs> which was pretty funny to see but uh i mean yeah i'm still looking forward to it just because um it looks like i don't know it looks right up my alley like third person um it looks like an interesting story uh and the gameplay does look quite fun so uh, yeah, Prince of Persia Remake. I hope, like, with the extra development time, like, two months. I mean, I'm not expecting, like, the graphics are going to be out of, like, you know, amazing or anything. They're not going to change that much. Yeah, they're not going to change yeah. that. Um, But I just hope, yeah. I'm just looking for, a, you know, solid third-person story-driven experience.
0: Yeah, I loved Sands of Time as a kid, so I think you'll love that game. Uh, I don't remember too much about it. Uh, Because I did, that was, like, one of my, like, I think it was before the, yeah, I played it before the PS3 came out. So i must have been like six or something yeah, but i love yeah. that game watching my dad play and then me playing a bit of it it's like some of my fondest memories uh as a kid so yeah i forgot about that game as well to be honest but i'm definitely gonna pick that up it's a good pick what about you charlie
1: uh so my final pick doesn't have a name uh, <laughs> it is project four from stress level zero which are the guys who made boneworks um oh, yeah. it was meant to be coming out last year uh, it was announced end of 2019, so just before Boneworks came out, um, it was announced for the Oculus Quest and, and a few other platforms, um, and was meant to come out last year, but due to COVID and things, it got delayed. Um, they recently said that they're going to be talking about future projects, so this one and some other games and things, like, soon. Um, It looks, or from the screenshot they showed, it looked pretty cool. Um, It's meant to be a continuation of of both kind of the the world of Boneworks, as well as using all the physics-based interactions and that kind of thing that they made for that game. Um, And this is meant to be, because Boneworks was never originally a game, it was just the the engine that this game would would be the first one from. So this is going to be way more story-driven. Um... And they've done a lot for the Boneworks updates, which they've said are going to be things they use in the next game. So a lot better AI. They also added a vehicle recently in the the new update. So expect to see cool vehicles and stuff in the new game. So hopefully we see some of it soon. And it should be this year because it was meant to be last year. So, <laughs> um, But I'm, I'm very excited to see what those guys do because they're some of the most interesting developers out there. So, yeah.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, my third one might be surprising to some, but not surprising to others. Uh, it's a Nintendo Switch game. Shin Megami Tensei Five. Man, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> this game was announced literally with uh, Mario Odyssey at that same kind of Japan event for the Switch. So it's been like four years since then. There's just so much about this game that has potential. We haven't really even seen too much of it. We've only had like two to three cinematic trailers, really. But um, the last one was pretty good in terms of showing us a bit more, especially in terms of designs and all that. Um, From what we've known, it's going to be kind of like Nocturne in terms of a more cinematic, atmospheric title. But at the same time, having gameplay components that are more of like the recent Shimigami Tensei titles, like 4 and um, 4 Apocalypse. So. Yeah, I just can't wait. It's the first HD Shimagami Tensei game, because literally the last one was, like, the series is mainly like a 3DS um, series, obviously those consoles or handhelds being sub 720p, so it'll be nice to see, you know, this game fully in HD, which is kind of weird to think that we're in 2021 and this is the first time we're seeing an HD title in the series. Um, yeah, we're also getting a remaster of Nocturne. It's already out for Japan, but we're going to get a localized version in the West here sometime in spring 2021. It's going to be a great year for SMT. I hope the you know series gets some recognition, considering Persona has been blowing up in the past few years. So hopefully some of that will make its way to SMT as well. We'll see. Um, it's a very different series that's more focused on gameplay rather than dialogue. Um, definitely do recommend it, but I'd wait for the Nocturne remaster. So. We're going to get the Nocturne Remaster, but then we're going to get the full new uh, mainline title here, which I can't wait for, so, yeah, I, that's a no-brainer for me. I'm um, looking forward to that, and, yeah, can't wait. It's going to make me boot up my Switch again. I haven't booted up it since, like, Animal Crossing, so can't wait. Um, I guess after all these picks, it's also important to note that a lot of times 2020 or, like, you know, not 2020, but, like, any year of games isn't fully realized until you know the year progresses more so games like god of war most likely will be delayed so i didn't pick it for that reason same thing with elden ring is because from software tends to release games in the spring so i feel like elden ring might be spring 2022 they could come out this fall but just like they've never released really a game in the fall in the past so um yeah i kind of as at least at least my approach was picking games that have concrete release years for 2021 um But yeah obviously games will be announced for 2021 as well like i wouldn't be surprised if breath of the wild 2 comes out in the fall this year um or some big other game like odyssey 2 from nintendo who knows um but yeah exciting year anything else you guys wanted to add before we end off this podcast
1: um i was gonna say so i tried to say stuff that wasn't out soon so games like Mm -hmm. deathloop i I am really looking forward to, but that's like May's time, so it's not too far off. Hitman three is in like three weeks um and I'm really looking forward to that game so yeah, some of the stuff that's out like recent or well, like soon as things I didn't like pick, but I am very excited for so
0: yeah, I almost picked definitely but I chose resi eight instead of that one um, but I'm still looking forward to the game a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that has been it for this podcast, episode seven here. Once again, I do want to remind you to ask questions. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, um, we'll consider it as well. Um, and yeah, besides that, that has been episode seven of Critically Incorrect. We'll see you next week. I know this episode was a bit later in the week, um, but we're mainly going to be hitting, um, Saturday going forward here um yeah thanks for the support you know it's been doing a lot better than i thought when we'd start up this channel again um so it's been cool to see at least that you guys are enjoying it so that's always nice to see um feedback of course also would be recommended but besides that that has been me charlie and justin once again and yeah we'll see you next week on the next episode of critically incorrect take care
1: see you later see you.